Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First United Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. You'll hear people say a couple of different things in circles of other preachers. And one would be, Man, if you can't get excited and get something together that really gets the blood pumping for Easter, then something's wrong with you. You'll hear another group say, man, I get so tired of preaching Easter sermons because everybody already knows the story. And I had someone tell me that this week, and so I've been thinking about that. And my final response to that statement is, knowing the story is one thing, but remembering the story is something else altogether. And in the resurrection story that Wes read for us, we have both. We have the news of a story, and then we have the remembering of the story. And it's in that remembering moment that the conversion happens. And so my prayer for us today is that we would remember the story that we know. And if we don't know the story, that we'll hear it, and that we'll remember it for the first time. Remembering the resurrection is something that we've been doing our whole lives. This is a story that you have known since your mother rocked you to sleep. It's a story that you've known since your first steps, since your first piece of artwork with Play-Doh or crayons or paint, since you first opened your mouth to sing. You've known this story since the first seeds that you planted broke through the crusty West Texas topsoil. Since you experienced real friendship, since you felt loved when you didn't deserve it, since you helped produce something at work or healed a patient or taught a child to read, you've known this story in these places because this is the story of life, which triumphs always and finally over death. The characters from this Easter morning, this first Easter morning, They had their own dreams that went along with this story. And they watched as their dreams that went along with life came to a sudden end on a Friday, just a few days before. So they forgot this story of life like we do. As I think about the two different kind of groups that were involved in remembering the story that first Easter, the first group is the women. And the women, we watch their dreams, which end in devotion. And some of you are here today, and some of us are here, and the dreams that we worry about having been buried or that won't rise again are the ones that we've offered in devotion. And we wonder what will happen to those. And you've been faithful people, and you've been faithful in your prayers, you've been faithful in your service, you've been faithful in your giving, and you wonder in some places Where will life come from those things? And then the other group is represented by Peter this morning in the story where those dreams come to a sudden end through denial. A denial that we're all too familiar with that causes us, like Peter did, to weep bitterly when we realize what exactly we've forgotten and what we've missed out on. 
And so whichever camp you come in this morning, there is good Easter news for all of us. And if we follow the, the pathway of these women, they're fascinating. You know, they, their devotion leads them to come and to take care of the body of Jesus after the Sabbath day when they could not work. And so they bring the spices and they're prepared and they're ready to give. They're ready to take that one last act of devotion for their friend, for their master, for the one that they had placed all their hopes in as Lord. And as he was lying dead in the tomb, they were preparing to provide that last act of devotion and love. And it's in the midst of them coming to the tomb with that motive that the angels surprise them and say, hey, have you not heard? Do you not realize that? You know, why are you looking for the living among the dead? But he is not here, but he is risen. And the women, you know, you can just imagine this, this hope is percolating. And the angel says, hey, don't you remember when Jesus said that he must be delivered into the hands of the chief priests, that he must suffer, that he must die, but on the third day he would rise again. And you can just see the, the light bulb come on and they go, yeah, Jesus did talk about that all the time, but we didn't know what it meant. And so now they understood and so they take off and they run and they present the news that they have heard to the other disciples who are huddled together in fear and in despondency. And the women give this great report but because they're women, and because this is the first century, the disciples are sort of like, ah, seems like an idle tale, not buying it. Uh, we've been down that road and heard about that, but we don't think y'all have the story right. So they all just ignore the news, except for one person. And don't you know, can't you imagine what it would have been like for Peter? And, and can't you imagine as you kind of draw near in that way, because so often we find that in the kingdom of God, we're surprised that those that we think are the farthest from the kingdom of God, in reality, are the ones on the doorstep of the kingdom because they have the most to lose. They have, feel like they have lost the most and they are ready uh, for news that might lift them up. And so Peter, as he's remembered that Jesus told him that the cock would crow, you know, and he would deny three times. And so after that third time, he remembers and he begins to weep bitterly. And on the other side of his tears then, he's, he's climbed or maybe crawled back into community with the disciples and he's there waiting, he's there wondering, he's there figuring that he's blown it, that he's missed his opportunity, that when Jesus told him, Peter, you're the rock and on you I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over you, you got to think Peter was just going, now you're going to have to find somebody else because I missed it. I messed up and I denied. And in the midst of there in his community, the news comes to Peter. And so the women come and give their report, these women who are named, and it's the kind of company that we so often find the great news in. It's the ones that otherwise we just wouldn't think would be that welcome. You know, you have Mary Magdalene, who, you know, we could say it in a real polite way, that she had a rough life. And she is the one there in the middle of everything, bringing this news. And Peter, you know, he just begins to perk up and wake up and say, oh my gosh, maybe this is true. I remember Jesus saying that. I remember him saying that, that this would all happen, but on the third day he would rise again and there's something inside of Peter that wells up and it causes him to take off running. And so he leaves and he goes and he's the guy that has to see for himself. You know, anybody else out there like that? I just want to see for myself. I want to go there. I want to investigate. I want to know what it would cause somebody to come and tell me that story. And so Peter goes, he runs to see and he is surprised by what he finds. 
And in both cases, we have the best resurrection witnesses that we've ever had. We have the women who are the first witnesses, the first preachers of the Easter gospel. And then we have Peter, who from that point on is just such a galvanized person in the news of life, in the news of the resurrection. And I wonder, some of us today, I wonder in the two pathways, you know, which one we feel closer to. Do we, do we feel like we've been in that pathway of devotion and it's in that pathway that we've lost a little bit, that we've buried some dreams? Or is it in this pathway of denial and we feel like we're too far on the outside and we've missed it going this way and so we've buried some dreams on this side? And I think this Easter story speaks to both places, to both of us, to both of the places that our hearts wander this morning And so I see that news just piercing through those thoughts that take us down that road, and they wake us up. They wake us up, and they enliven our devotion. They remind us that the life, that the spirit, that the infusion of hope that comes, that provides all that we need for our devotion is in the resurrection of Jesus. And that those of us who feel that we've denied, that we've missed the boat, that it's too late, that there's this new infusion of hope with resurrection news that we are perfect candidates for the resurrection story. So as we together experience the dreams of life everlasting that will be resurrected through memory this Easter morning, I pray that you find that hope, that you find that strength to carry the story to others in the way that it was carried to us. I... uh, You know, this is a story we just always have to remember, even the stories that we know the best. This is why we tell stories when we have family reunions and family meals, you know, and somebody gets to talking about crazy Uncle Frank or whatever, because we just have to, we have to remember those stories. They're part of who we are. They're part of where we come from. Uh, And I recently spent uh, some time uh, with with a friend, a close friend who actually died uh, at Christmas time uh, of cancer. And it was a long, hard journey. And the last time that I saw him, we, we sat together, and he was too weak to do anything really besides sit. His voice was failing. Uh, and we sat together at his home there, and he was just a faithful young man, a strong guy, a good friend for a long time, and someone who really believed and staked his life on the resurrection of Jesus. And one of the things that began to emerge that he would whisper as we were sitting there is he said, Ryan, let's, let's remember the resurrection together. Let's remember, what do we believe about that anyways? You know, and you could tell he'd been thinking about it. He'd been exploring it. He'd been wondering, what is this going to be like? This is someone who hadn't been able to eat food for months and months. And he's imagining, what, is it, what do we mean when we say we believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting? And so as I held his hands there, it was, it was a, a joy of a lifetime to be able to imagine with him What things do we really look forward to? What things do we really believe about the resurrection? And I had a way of just cementing those things, I think, in a way for both of us, uh, in a way that we could depart one another in peace and that he could depart this life uh, in peace. And I think about that news. I think about the way of remembering that story in that context. And it's what really gives me hope to stand here today and celebrate the Easter gospel. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we are grateful for your work to make possible the empty tomb this morning. We're thankful that you have filled us with hope, 
that you have awakened and resurrected our dreams that we thought long past. Would you give us hope? Would you give us strength? And would you give us life in your name? It's in the name of Jesus Christ, our resurrected King that we pray. Amen.